Shut your eyes. Can you imagine your future? Now, take a step forward. Are you ready to move in the direction of freedom, peace, and possibility? Welcome to The Way to the Top, where we will examine the process of where you are in life and where you are going. Your potential lies in the process, not at the top. Watch your life transform before, while on the way to the top. What's up, everybody? James here with James Gourmet Pies. And this is Latroy Woods representing Latroy Woods. And we have a very special guest today. Um, Has some great conversation with Mary Wade already. Uh, but she works in therapy, and we talk about this process on the way to the top, where the top is really just an illusion. It's the process on the way to the top where all the magic happens, and this is how you get to that destination, really. So, Mary, give us a little bit of your backstory. Okay, so, hi, I'm Mary Wade. Um, I actually have been working on my master's in marriage and family therapy, um, just to counsel, do therapy with individuals, couples, families. And so I got a marriage and family therapist degree in order to specifically treat individuals based on their family of origin, their experience, kind of all the way around that person or that family. And so um, I've worked in social work, I've worked in probation. And so I've really enjoyed getting to know the process of helping people kind of deal with their experience. Now, I love to know the what people do. But more importantly, I like to know the why people do what they do. Because for someone like me, I love to teach, right? If I learn something, I love to teach what I've learned to people that are hungry for the information. Um, now, with social work and with psychology, a lot of people aren't ready. You know, they take that first step, which is coming to see you, but they're not always ready to hear what you're wanting to tell them. So what would make you want to go into a line of work like that? Um, Because to me, that sounds frustrating. (laughs) Um, I think from a very young age, I have always kind of invested that type of time into people. So even if um, it was someone who didn't seem like they were ready, even at a young age, investing that time helps people understand that it's more about taking that action to step forward than it is about thinking you're ready. So I think when I was younger, I didn't grow up in a very great neighborhood. And so understanding that some of those kids there uh, really did not have a lot of options. And so helping them process that, even when I was a child, felt like what I was supposed to do. So as I got older, I started to realize that's when I felt mostly myself is helping people process an experience. And so I started studying crime and criminals and kind of that whole generational mentality and how that um, kind of continues throughout generations, even if, you know, the kid doesn't want it to, um, which 
was kind of my beginning. And I ended up just studying from the time I was in, I would say high school, I really got into it, but empathy and how people experience kind of different emotions and how people process these things and kind of where it leads them and where it has taken them. And then I got into studying human trafficking. And I won't say that I'm a I'm not meant to be a social worker, I can say that, but I am meant to help people process their experience and help them get to a place where they want to be in a healthier way. So. I love that you use the word empathy over sympathy. Mm-hmm. Um, can you explain a little bit of the differences of why you would choose to be empathetic over sympathetic? Um, sympathy, I think, more communicates that I feel bad for you. So, you know, oh, I I feel really bad for you as a person. Whereas empathy is, I can understand that and I can empathize in a way of um, that experience. And so I think empathy is being able to connect to certain emotions um, that is happening for another person. And I studied that a lot when you study sociopaths and kind of narcissists and different things like that. So um, I think that it's a very important uh, ability when you have human connection, empathy. What is that fine line? Sorry about that. Between um, being confident in yourself and narcissism. Oh, Goodness. Is there like a, is that line I thinner, you, thicker than I think? I will tell you most people believe that they know a narcissist. Um, most people wholeheartedly can say this person is a narcissist when really they would not be a narcissist. A narcissist, and, and it took me a while to really define the definition of a narcissist versus like what you would call borderline personality disorder. <clears throat> and, uh, sociopaths and different things like that and narcissism is I know I'm doing wrong and I really don't care um Mm -hmm. it doesn't it's more about me it's more about Mm -hmm. what you're doing for me or what you did to me and Mm -hmm. I am able to construct the situation so that that is the main focus at all times Mm -hmm. and I'm not I don't really care that you were hurt in the process or that it bothers you or anything like that confidence is you're 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 assertive and you kind of know yourself and you have this some people with confidence don't necessarily know themselves but they're able to give off that kind of I'm here and I'm ready vibe I'm not influenced by you as much which a lot of times that's not real um and then you have things like borderline personality disorder which is um a lot of people get confused by the name um but it's really that people want to do better they want to have healthy relationships they want to connect but their behaviors and their emotional maturity is that where it doesn't happen and so they work on trying to change that sometimes but it really is a very huge challenge. So even in therapy, you find it very difficult to have therapy with this individual because they don't quite know how to process through that mm. in a healthier way. And so narcissists just don't really care. So they probably won't end up in therapy unless they're there for someone else. Now, um, there used to be an exercise that I heard that you can tell if someone is psychotic, I guess. Tell me if this is true. 
if someone sees someone yawn and they don't yawn, then they have the inability to feel. <laughs> no. No. Okay. All right. No. All right. Because when I yawn, I check the room. Right. I'm like, Who, who's yawning? No one's yawning. Okay. You know what? Y'all are crazy. I'm concerned. Yeah, I'm concerned. <laughs> you know what, Mary? I liked your, um, the way that you broke down uh, sympathetic and empathetic, sympathetic being for and empathetic being with. And so I think it's important that we get to let the people listening to know who Mary is. So with you even being here, having this conversation with us today, why are you here? What, like, you know what I mean? Cause we've had these discussions and we've tried to get you on the show for a minute. Um, why are you here all of a sudden? Um, where are you going? Like who is Mary and why are you here to bring your message all of a sudden? It's your fault. No, I'm, <laughs> um, I'm here because I feel like, of course, um, we kept in touch for a while and just beginning to understand that it is that connection. Unfortunately, Mary is someone who takes everything on. And so for a long time, I believed, OK, I need to get this done. I need to find a way to do it. And so it's it's very eye-opening to start to interact with people who can help you understand that it's not just you and it won't ever just be you. And so that connection is very important in business, in relationships, in, in intimacy or anything else. And so um, it got to the point where I was trying to set up my own website. I study all the laws. I try to make sure I'm covering myself in every aspect of business. I'm taking on the kids. I'm washing dishes. I, I'm doing everything. And super mom. Yeah. Try me. And I start to realize in our interactions is that, um, I need this connection with other people who are working on business, who are talking about mental health, who are helping children. These are the kinds of things that feed me. And so I think I want to be here so that we can have these types of discussions and it can um, open minds and help those connections, whether it's with us, whether it's with people listening, um, whether it's people you introduced me to or vice versa, it's just whatever those connections look like, feed other people and feed myself. So I think that's part of this. Okay. Um, maybe I can ask you another question if that's okay. So what's behind that? What is it you're looking to create? Um, in our conversations, I'm like, what are you waiting for, right? Like you have this gift that people need in the world. You know, you've been in therapy for a while, even us leading to right here, you got an offer for someone to say, hey, will you help me? What is it you think you're waiting for to help people at this level, this thing that's showing itself to you? I think um, really just a difficult question. Um, I think for a while I thought I was waiting on my degree. And then for a while I think I was waiting to get in that therapy room with a client and really understand that process. And then I think... I have made all these excuses and kind of just continued to think I needed something else to start when really it's just now. And so understanding that you don't need to have everything laid out for you to be able to start, it's starting with an action and taking that step forward. Like you said, one step a day, how much further will you be to that life that you want? And my life is being able to create something where I help other people on my own time. So fear is an acronym 
what I've heard before, for false experiences appearing real, right? Um, and I think a lot of people create a lot of chaos in their mind about moving forward or in the direction that they're being led to go to, right? And um, I think it was Newton's law. I don't know, remember the name, but it was someone's law that um, if something can happen, it will. Mm -hmm. And I have lived through everything that I was fearful that would happen, mm -hmm. right? And you try to make plans for it, but you never expect when that's going to happen. Right. It just happens. Um, and part of it is life trying to teach you to go through it, or what I like to say, grow through it. Um, everything's not going to be, people like to set up things so they look perfect, right? Mm -hmm. And you never have that perfect situation. Um, I had an idea in my mind at the beginning of this year where I wanted to take my company. And a lot of people laughed at me, they've been laughing at me since I started the company, right? Um, but it wasn't my job to figure out where the money was going to come from, where the market was going to come from, how are people going to get to me and all that stuff. It was my job to execute every single day, show up for the fight, whether I'm winning or whether I'm losing, you know, showing up to the fight. Um, and that's my, um, my advice to everybody out there, my tip that you're not going to have a perfect scenario. You just got to go and do it. And you're going to lose a lot of fights and you're going to win some fights. And as long as you're winning more than you're losing, then you're going to have a good outcome. Does that make sense? Definitely. I think it's funny because I was thinking as I was walking um, over here that I believe that fear is really fear manifests self-sabotage. So even when you're not in, intentionally self-sabotage, even when you think you're going full force, when you start to fear, when you start to doubt, you really self-sabotage. So if you're, if you're um, fearful of intimacy and closeness, you will end up um, self-sabotaging that relationship out of fear. If you're fearful of failing, you self-sabotage that success because you, you're fearful of it. So you avoid it or you make reasons that it will not work and right. you create your own obstacles. And I think that I have full confidence in my ability, but I do think that I have learned that I need to be a perfectionist. And that's one of the false beliefs that I have that I really need to address because everything that I have, I plan and I set up and I make sure, you know, I've analyzed it 10 different ways and I've planned for plan B through D, C, Z. And I end up realizing that failure is a part of success and mm -hmm. you have to fail to get to that place. Any entrepreneur, any business person, any CEO talks about their failures because in that failure, you learn so much and you gain so much that without that failure, you would not have reached that success. So I think that's just so important. And I think that as I'm working with you guys, as I'm working on my own business, as I do these things and face myself, I ha I'm realizing that while I believe in myself, I have created my own obstacles and I've self-sabotaged myself and just waiting for the right moment when there is no right mm -hmm. moment. If that makes yeah, sense. I think that fear should be on the bus, but it should never drive it. Right. right. Um, and you can get all the education that you can in the world. 
But information happens when you're doing everything by the textbooks and they get up, walk out, call you everything but a child of God, and then decide to grab the books that are on the shelf and clear them off as they walk out, right? And that all comes from information, either, okay, well, this didn't work, or Mm -hmm. maybe this person's just dealing with more than I expected. All that is within the information part of it. And that only comes by doing and being part of the process. Right. You know, since we're talking about fear, let's give another interpretation and maybe a different reality of looking at it. Uh, there's a lot of our human language that has a lot of negative connotation around it. So as you're saying, uh, fear being false evidence of things appearing real, I've always kind of, and I can't remember where I heard it, it's facing everything and rising. And so I think in the interpretation that I believe all things are conspiring in my favor 100% of the time. So mm-hmm. when you break fear down in a scientific level, it's disguised as excitement. It's the same feeling in the body. But we like to put limits and things and labels on things, um, which constricts us to what we're capable of and our true potential. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just choose to call things winning and learning now. Yep. Um, fear is something that's actually healthy and it's there for you. Mm-hmm. Like failure is pain. There's great value in all these things. And so I've had to, for myself, take a different approach and be like, this is the very thing that I shouldn't be running from. This fear, there's a prize in it. There's Mm -hmm. something special in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you talk about like going for your endeavors and your your business and family is having those conversations, right? Where you're scared, like you feel like you're being attacked, but it's really facing yourself. 100%. Uh, And especially like you coming on today, Mary, I know this took a lot of strength uh, to be here today. But this is for you, you know, this process, you know, he's talking about you moving out to California possibly in the next four weeks. And I'm a firm believer. I understand what's inside of me. So I understand what's other, other people now. And why wait tomorrow for what you can have today? God's trying to show us like the life you can have right now, right? We met yesterday and here today, you're talking about this endeavor you want to go down. And today something was offered to you as it was yesterday. It's waiting for us to show up every day. And so I have another question for you. Who is Mary? I think that's a a question I'm still exploring because when you, if you had asked me that, I mean, so long ago, I would have said a mother, a wife, a daughter, I'm, a therapist, I'm this, I'm that, which is all true, but those are roles I play. And I think that as an individual, it's almost a journey. It's a continuing evolution of figuring out just who you are, because especially women, I mean, I'm not saying men don't, but especially women nurture and we're Mm -hmm. taught, like you take care of, you give, you put out to your children and to your husband to be able to support and build up and teach and do all these wonderful things and it's very important but not often in my experience do we teach girls you figure you out and you learn yourself and you embrace that and you do those things and so I think that I'm still figuring that one out I would love to say I have that figured out because my ideal was that when I became a therapist I was going to have me figured out and I was going to be centered and I was going to be all these wonderful things but the truth is that's not the way life works and I think I'm taking this time to still figure that part out who exactly am I to my core my core beliefs my inner person my 
everything. I, I love God. I know that I know the aspects of myself, but to really figure out who you are, I think is something that I am in the midst. We've all been given something in this gift called life, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that most people know what they should be doing, but they don't show up as that. Mm -hmm. So I commend you and I take my hat off to you for showing up for that because it is a lot to be a mother, to be a wife, to be a student, to be a teacher, you know, to be a nurturer, to be someone who needed, who needs nurturing. Um, and anytime that that relationship is in an imbalance, then it's a criminal exchange, right? There's only three kinds of exchanges. There's a fair exchange, there's a criminal exchange, and there's exchange in abundance, right? And anytime that you keep giving and you're not having that given back to you, it's a criminal exchange, right? Right. So with you spreading yourself so thin across the board, people don't always understand or expect for you to be able to maintain that. Mm-hmm. Right. I see a lot of that, especially with older people. Um, you get the younger people kind of. Oh, that's grandma. I can get away mm-hmm. with this. That's mom. I can get away with this. Not knowing that's taking something out of her because, right. you know, women know how to keep that straight face. A guy, a man will be like, you know, you getting on my nerves or help me. Yeah. <laughs> women keep that straight face. Like, you know, and, 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 and that's the, that, that's the beauty about being uh, a woman. I, obviously I can't talk about being a woman because I'm not a woman, but knowing women, um, it, it's just, it's a, it's a gift that you guys have. And that nurturing is called estrogen, right? <laughs> so it's, it's even, it is down it's to your core level, definitely not testosterone. So, um, like I said, I commend you. So where are you at with the education process? Um, uh, which Things. There's a bunch of them. Are you going to school That's for? Um... So I'm done my master's. Oh, nice! Congratulations. I've taken some health and wellness courses just to learn about the body. Um, because as I want to coach, I want to be able to give a comprehensive understanding to people. I want to like really invest in multiple aspects of their life. So I've taken some health and wellness, and I've taken um, some other informational courses, not necessarily degrees. My degree is in mental health, but, um, so I'm done that I've, I've considered my PhD just cause I think I would serve if I'm going to stay in mental health so much more, if I understand the medication part of mental mm. health, because it's so impactful, it's not as understood by just therapists as it should be. And people who prescribe medication don't often, often, from my experience, sit with their clients and truly get that Mm. understanding of them. So they're prescribing. I'm talking to them. I'm getting the understanding you're prescribing. We're not connecting unless you have a good therapist. Okay. Well, I can't wait until we come back after this break to dive into what's next for you, (laughs) because um, sounds like you got some, you're headed, you're intentional about going to where you're going to. And I think we can't wait to hear what, what, what's that like? You know, what, what is that going to look like for you? You know, um, we create our own life and our own path. Um, and I commend you again for creating that. Um, but anyway, this is James with James Gourmet Pies. Latroy Woods, Reverend Latroy Woods, and with your permission, Mary, we're going to go down that rabbit hole, and we're going to find out who Mary is and present you to the world and show them why they need your help, right? And so 
Join us as we come back on the way to the top with Mary Wade. process isn't a choice we will be waiting for you at the path on the way to the top thank you for joining us today shut your eyes can you imagine your future now take a step forward are you ready to move in the direction of freedom peace and possibility. Welcome to The Way to the Top, where we will examine the process of where you are in life and where you are going. Your potential lies in the process, not at the top. Watch your life transform before, while on the way to the top. What's up, everybody? James here with James Gourmet Pies. And this is Latroy Woods with The Way to the Top. And, you know, this uh, second top of the hour is really about Mary Wade here. Um, phenomenal person. You guys are going to have to check her out in the back end of this conversation. She's going to tell you everything that she's doing, where she's going, how she's helping people. Um, she's making a huge impact, not only here in Utah, but she's about to take that message to California. But what was on your mind, Jane, as we were in that break? Um, you know what? I want to talk to the people about subscription, especially from a psychologist, right? And what I mean by subscription is what people subscribe to, right? I've said here on the show before, I believe if you have 10 people walking in front of you and you yell, hey, stupid, at least seven people are going to turn around and say, was he talking to me? You know what I mean? I would be one of the three people that's walking forward. Like, I know you ain't talking to me, but I do believe that people will subscribe to what you call them and they might get angry. Right. Um, LaTroy was called the N word in front of um, our studio, in front of the studio. Um, And I don't think you got angry or anything like that because that man was suffering, highly suffering. The only reason I knew that because I suffered, I chose to suffer for 25 plus years. And I understood that, like, if I were to say anything in that moment to him, there was nothing I could have said that could have helped that man. The Mm -hmm. best thing I could have did was realize that's his thing. It's not my thing. And for me just to keep on walking and to be aware of that. So that meant I had to spend a lot of time with myself and some self-mastery and get to know my thoughts, my emotions, and my feelings Mm -hmm. uh, to, I don't look for outside validation that I get to actually choose my life 100% of it and how that looks. Mm -hmm. No one does that for me anymore. I feel that. And it's still okay to feel things, right? Like you don't have to be immune to feelings. And and I'm not trying to tell anybody that just because you don't subscribe to what they call you don't mean that you don't have feelings because I probably wouldn't have not have taken the Gandhi approach on that. Even though I didn't subscribe to what he called me, I still have feelings. Right. Um, And, but the person he was with did own that. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, it's different, right? Because here you have a black man and this could relate to a lot of the stuff that's going on right now in the U S it's different because interpretation past experiences. Here's my black friend. I feel like maybe I have to stick up for them, <laughs> but to at least acknowledge it. But 
to just take a step back for a minute. We spend so much time reacting to things that we have no idea what's actually happening until we can step back for a minute. It's almost like when you're talking with somebody and you're just waiting for them to stop talking so that you can say your piece. Mm -hmm. But if you spend just a little bit longer listening, you might actually realize, wow, like actually what I thought I was going to say is not valid for actually what's going on in this conversation right right now. You know, so me being able to step back because I've been um, practicing on myself with getting to know myself at a deeper level, loving myself more every day. It helped me in that situation. It's helped me in a lot of situations. And it's just me getting better every day, James. Yeah. Me getting better than I was yesterday. Uh, not judging myself, uh, placing criticism myself. So I don't do that with other people as well. Yeah. I believe that 100%. And there, I just went golfing with my cousin. Actually, I'm not going to tell this. I'm going to talk. I went golfing <laughs> with, my, with my cousin um, last week. And um, I was dressed in a graphic T-shirt, my God is Love branded T-shirt. And I'm wearing some camo shorts with Jordans, right? And he's like, I don't know where you think you're going, but you're not going golfing with me dressed like that. Right. Um, So he went and grabbed a polo Mm T-shirt, some nice slacks, you know, and he said, "Okay, now you're presentable to go golfing with me. And me being in tune with myself, I'm not worried about what other people think about me. Um, So I said, because I love you, cousin, I will get changed into this polo (laughs) T-shirt. So we go out there on the golf course and then. I'm playing my music in my golf cart. He's riding with his wife in his golf cart. And he's like, man, when you get around people, you need to turn that down. I'm like, okay, there's golf adequacy. I will turn it down because I love you. Right. And by the ninth hole in someone comes by and they're blasting their country music. He didn't tell them to turn their music down. He waves at them and act like there's nothing wrong there. So um, we had to start on the second hole and then come back to our 18 and then start on the first. So we get on the first after we do our 18, someone comes speeding up in their cart and say, what are you guys doing? You know, I can't believe you're trying to start without checking in with us. And I said, we already paid for our 18, but we had a team behind us. And if you ask the lady at the counter, she told us to do the first hole last. And he's like, well, I'm going to check on that. And I said, you thought we were trying to get a free another 18, didn't you? And he's like, uh, uh, no, we just had a lot of riffraff. He called it riffraff going on around here. And so I immediately look over to my cousin and say, you know what? This polo shirt and these nice slacks does not define what people think about you. They're going to think what they think about you, no matter how you present yourself and dress. So that was my little hoorah in that moment. What, what have you subscribed to, Mary, uh, that touches home that you became aware of uh, that maybe wasn't serving you or was serving you? Um, I think that I subscribed to I need to be, a, okay, a little bit of transparency and backstory is we in our family are raised being taught everybody will always consider a woman weaker. And so it doesn't matter what area that looks like. You will always be weaker if you're a woman. Physically, you'll get paid less. People will expect certain things. And so it was always taught to us, you always need to stand out. You always need to be stronger. You always need to go harder. You always, if somebody else could do it, you can do it. So never compare yourself to somebody who's doing worse. Always compare yourself to somebody who's doing better. 
you, you don't even recognize it at a certain point when you're younger and you're taught these things, these core beliefs. And I didn't realize it until I was a little bit older. And it's, it was extremely hard for me if um, anybody, especially men, tried to do anything for me. It was almost like uncomfortable. We don't take money. You can't pay for me for anything. It was like, and, and when you're doing it, nobody notices. It's not really called out. A lot of guys that you date are just like, what is this? This is weird, but I don't want gifts. I don't want you to buy me anything. I don't want these things. And so at first it seems like, cool. Yeah, I don't, that's fine. You know, but once you get into a very close intimate relationship, people want to do things for you. So uncomfortable for me. And even to where, as you know, I'm married and he tries to do things for me. He's six foot three. I'm five, six. I can reach it. He opens my door. I can do it. What I mean, opening your door is sweet. So I'm kind of being extreme, but so much. I, it's taken a lot of work on myself to really recognize that and change it. And I asked my daughter, cause I, I'm always trying to ask thought provoking questions. It could be me being a therapist or just me, but what do you believe a woman is? Ask my son, what do you believe a man is? My daughter's like, well, a woman is loving. A woman is kind. A woman takes care of people. A woman doesn't need a man, a woman. And I was like, what? And she said, women don't need men and they don't need to listen to men. I was like, because I've changed this for a while now. This is not me now. I don't feel like it is. But so I asked her, what if a man has good advice? Well, I guess you could listen to him. What if it's your husband and he has good intentions? He's helping you do something. I guess you can listen to him. <laughs> so through this generational thing, we have passed down to women in our family that as a woman, you need to stand separate from a man. You need to be as strong as a man, as confident as a man, as, as whatever that looks like for us. And you watch it in our family. You can see it in every single area. And so I think what I subscribe to from a very young age is I needed to be that woman that did not need anybody else. I did not need, um, not just like, Oh, I can do this, but I didn't want that. And it made me uncomfortable when somebody lovingly would try to do it for me. So I think that's one huge thing I subscribed to that has taken a lot of work for me to understand. You do need other people. You need that connection. You need, even if I can um, reach it, let your husband get it, you know, stuff, even though that seems so small, the impact that it's had on my life has really disrupted some things that could have been beneficial for me or helpful for me. It's taken a long time to kind of reverse that and become more accepting of other people investing in you and recognizing you want to invest in other people. So you need that investment. You need that connection. And so if that answers your question, I think that's one. You know what? With the dynamic of how we're sitting here having this conversation, how we've met over the last couple of days, um, going deeper down that rabbit hole, you know, since we're talking about subscribing to things, as I transitioned to my own life, quitting my job a month ago, um, the thing that was ready for me, like God gives us the opportunity to get better. And that's why we go through these things we call bad and failure things, but the opportunity to get better has to come in a certain way. And I was subscribing to this idea that I needed permission from people to live the life I wanted to live. And once I realized it's called my life, like, and this is hard. Um, it's not hard, but the, the idea of it is you got a family, you got people who you really care about. 
and they're trying to feed you something that don't belong to you and you buy into it. The life I'm living now, the endeavor I'm going down, I could have chosen any time, Mary, but I was subscribing to something that somebody believed was possible or not possible for me. And it sounds selfish, but I had to almost separate myself from those ideas. Save, I need to save myself first. I need to subscribe and commit to me first. And when I began to do that, it was almost night and day, the things that I began to become aware of. I don't need people's permission to go out and do the thing I want to do. Most people don't go down this path because it scares the out of people, right? Um, because it's you facing yourself. When you begin to subscribe to yourself, the stuff that, like going through those things that you're afraid to look at in yourself, right. they're there to serve you. And so I commend you for sharing that, uh, sharing, feeling like you're safe to like express yourself as a woman or as a man, you know, growing up as a boy, like I was never taught how to express myself, right. you know, and just man up, do what you're supposed to do. So I didn't have my first emotions, like really understand that until this past four years, mm-hmm. really understand how to express myself, to cry as a man, to be myself. Uh, so as I began to commit and subscribe to myself, life-changing, uh, it's not selfish, but self-mastery is the only thing that matters because until you get better, nothing else in your life gets better. And what happened? What was that thing that you left out that it scares the what out of people? Uh, that four-letter word. <laughs> crap, right? Yes. It's crap. Yes, exactly. But the problem is people want to hold on to that crap, right? Because it's comfortable. It's funny you say that because I started thinking your desire to change and become what you're meant to be needs to be greater than the comfort of the familiar and where you're already at. You have to want that more and be willing to invest in that more than you're willing to stay comfortable and stay familiar with what you're holding on to. And Mm -hmm. I think I've had people tell me like, okay, you're, you're teaching me how to do this healthier. But now that you're teaching me that I would have to apply that with other people. And if those people don't want to be healthy, then I would have to choose stay in that unhealthiness with them or be healthy myself. And I don't think I'm ready to make that decision. I wasn't either, but I had to make that. And that's why I've been divorced twice. (laughs) So, um, you know, people are going to go with you and grow with you or they're going to not. That's their decision, you know, and I feel like I was given an ultimatum in my last relationship where you're going to pick going back to the security of a job or you're going to continue going what you're going to do and and living your dream. So as much as I hated to diminish that relationship, I had to do it right, because I know that this burning desire inside me had to be brought to life. And I'm the only person that could, could birth it. Right. Um, so sometimes you got to make that decision in life where it's uncomfortable. So I've, I've actually started doing things that I haven't been comfortable with before. Latroy, I think I told you maybe a month or two ago, I'm walking in the Salt Lake City Mall and a gentleman calls me over and say, hey, let me give you a massage. And the first thing I'm like, <laughs> no, I have, ne- I have never let a man massage me and I'm not about to start today. 
But I could hear that little Latroy in my ear <laughs> saying, try something new. Go ahead and do it. So um, I did. I got a massage from a man. And the whole time, I think, I don't even know if I was able to relax because I'm thinking, <laughs> this, 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 yeah, Clint, this, this is not an experience that is, is what you, you might think it's going to. And I still have my boundaries. That's right. That's right. And I don't know if I will get another massage from a man, but at least I, w- I did it. Right. And I had my boundaries. Like you're not going to massage my glutes, <laughs> but I will go through this process. And I did. And it was a good massage, you know? Um, so I think um, once you learn to break those barriers and you do the uncomfortable things, you'd never know what's on that other side. It's so true because I, w- I have had these different positions I worked in miserable miserable walking into work just so miserable I literally would go home and just sit there like I am miserable Mm -hmm. it was like an itch you couldn't scratch and I would talk to my mom about it I would talk to my husband about it I would talk to my sister about it like I'm not meant for this Mm -hmm. and I cannot pay bills and die. That's just not my life. And I looked around for so long and thought something was wrong with me because I would notice all these other people comfortable with that. And there's nothing wrong with it. I, I respect so highly anybody who works for any amount of money works their butt off and tries, you know, every day to show up and make money, especially to support their family. However, I just could not sit with myself. I could not do it. And they used to just like, you know, I, I think, look at me like I'm lazy. I just didn't want to work. Something's wrong with me. And for so long, I tried to stay there and make myself do that because I, I was making pretty good money. I was um, able to do things. I was at so many reasons I should have been comfortable benefits, everything. And my last position I told, I, I think I'm going to quit. And it was right in the pandemic. Um, I can't do this anymore. It's about that time. I need to get my hours anyway, but I can't sit here anymore and do this. I'm not capable. I'm not the best mother I could be. I'm not the best wife I could be. I don't even like where I'm at right now as a person, Mm -hmm. because this is not something I'm meant to do. And when you're in that place, it's so uncomfortable, but all I could hear in my mind the whole time was my dad saying, you don't ever quit a job without having another job. You don't do the things like go make your own business without some security. You don't like do those things. And so even talking to them, it was like, I mean, you shouldn't do that. I can't tell oh, you what yeah. to do because you're an adult. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Yeah. And finally I quit. And even being a therapist, a hundred percent relief working for what I believe in, working for a passion, knowing what your worth is and being able to offer that to someone, even if it's a job, even if it's a career, even if it's your own business, if you can show up every day feeling like you're doing something you can give your all to and and put your invest in, I think is when you feel that final thing. But I, I completely agree. I think even now talking about owning my own business, I get a lot of, oh, that's nice. That's, that's good. Or you're crazy. Or mm-hmm. why are you doing that? Or do you really think you can do that? But even when I was going to get my degree, I think I was homeless. I think I had my son and I was um, pregnant with my daughter and a guy said, okay, so what's your long-term goal? And I said, I want to get my bachelor's. And he's like, let's be realistic. 
I was like, that is realistic. Now I have my master's. And I think anytime you listen to other people about defining or like you would say, subscribing to that belief system that other people give you, you will always end up with something you're not meant to have until you can step out and say, whether it's, like I said, a job, a career or anything, this is where I'm meant to be. And I've made this decision because it's what I want. You're never going to feel kind of like whole. Yeah, you know and then, I'm sorry. Something's happened today in real time. So I want to bring some attention to it. You're talking about this desire that you can't ignore. Like, once you're aware of it, you cannot turn it off, mm-hmm. right? Because it's God showing us something, right. showing us our greatness, what we're here to express. Now, mm-hmm. some things have shown themselves today to you, right? Like, you talked about these desires where you want to go. Someone asked you to help them today, right? And you're talking about we're talking but now there's another thing called acting Mm -hmm. the things being shown to us you because the intention has been set now this is what i desire this is what i want to do i'm listening to my own voice i'm subscribing to myself now my question to you is what are you going to do with what was given to you today when do we start (laughs) (laughs) um i am i'm starting my business um now and so as I get my things going, I plan on taking that action every day, one step at a time. So, or two, I can do two. And making sure that I'm available and I'm open to those opportunities. So I think taking those steps is what I'll do instead of creating obstacles. So going back to what you were saying earlier, though, um about your family and friends looking at you weird saying are you sure you want to do this um they come from a very loving place right right? it's not that they're trying to sabotage you yeah um it's and a lot of people will think that but it's the exact opposite they're trying to comfort you they're saying don't hurt yourself you know what you're trying to do has never been modeled for them before exactly right so once we can start modeling that we can do this and it's not easy and i understand that and Mm -hmm. thank you for your concern but i'm going to do this anyway you have to be comfortable with leaving certain people behind because eagles don't run with chickens Right. right i mean that's just uh natural instinct you'll never see an eagle next to a chicken you know Mm -hmm. because they're they're two different beings right um and now i do think that people can change their their how they think once they see it being modeled but they have to make that commitment themselves right um but it's a lot of hard work that happens behind closed doors right but again it's never been modeled for them so um I don't know. I I just applaud you for for modeling that for your kids, not taking what people say as their limitations, because people will always try to project their limitations onto you. Um, And I told a lot of my friends that and family, family that and relationships that I was in, you know, that just because those are your limitations don't mean they're my limitations. And they would get very pissed. Yes. They get angry. Yes. You know, like I'm trying to help you here. Uh-huh. And, and and you're 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 continuing to do what you want to do and you're not listening to me. Mm-hmm. So I've been cut off mm-hmm. by a lot of them, you know. Um, and then they're waiting for you to mess up. So mm-hmm. they can say, Ooh, I, you see that? And I'm like, that's okay, you know, I'm gonna dust it off and keep going until the point where 
y'all just don't see eye to eye. And then I lost a lot of friends and family. Now they're starting to come back. You know, they always come back, but it's okay. And I embrace them, right? Because you can't get to that next level because unless you have a a big heart, you know, I think that leveling up is a heart matter, right? And if you just want to be vengeant and all that, then it's not going to work out. Right. But if he was like, no, it's okay. I understand that was your limitations. But now that you see they can't be done, what's your excuse? Are you going to come up here with me? Because I ain't coming back down there. You know what I mean? So whatever that down there is, um, some people love their day to day job. And I take my hat off to them. Right. Um, I actually love my day to day job. I was in the military. Um, I managed hospitals and clinics. But like you, I knew there was more for me. You know what I mean? So I left those even though I loved them. But um, that's our takeaway today is if you can live your dream, don't worry about what people say and think yeah. about you. That's their opinion. That's, that's them. You got to be in tune with who you are. So how can people get a hold of you, Mary? As we went down this conversation, what's all, what's the things you're doing and how can people reach out to you? What's that website? What's all those tags? So you can reach out to me by the Rama R H E M A lifefamily.com and it will be there for you to be able to schedule an appointment and it can be telehealth it can be in person or over the phone thank you for being here today and uh, you guys have to check out mary thank you The process isn't a choice. We will be waiting for you at the path on the way to the top. Thank you for joining us today. Let's be.